Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako Chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 417. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijeron Mess. I'm Mako chan. And I'm Ari. No, I'm kidding. I'm Ichigo Gami. <laughs> I would, this would be the part where I say, Ari, you have boobs, but that was a given. Oh, I like obvious. No, I'm kidding. Mine are bigger than yours, so just be jealous. Oh, I wouldn't say that now. <laughs> but yeah, um,. I'm here because we're going to talk about Otakon! <laughs> I think, and Ari's in our chat room now, I think we broke him and the show just started. <laughs> oh, man. We are live tonight, week of August 6, 2019, here on Twitch TV. We're here live on Twitch on uh, Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can find us at live.vognetwork.com. There's a pop-up view where you can watch the show. Or you can head on over and find us at Anime Jam Session or Vog Network on Twitch. And don't forget, uh, we have a Discord. So swing by and check out vognetwork.com slash Discord. And we have a live, uh, all the shows that are part of Vogue have a little channel. So come in, swing by, and have a good time. And how is everybody doing tonight? I am sleepy. Still summertime. I had a feeling you were kind of sleepy. Mm. Oh man, it's it's been a hectic couple of days since coming back from this con. And I'm looking at a stack of cards and I'm like, where did this business card come from? Oh, okay. I know which card that's from, okay. I got all these stacks of business cards from different conventions. I'm like, I don't know what con it's from, but if I start looking through the cards, I'm like, oh, it's this convention. It's that convention. At least it's something, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. So we have a lot to cover. So we're going to go ahead and basically get the show on the road or else Mako Chan will get a little bit crankier and she'll just fire off a surface-to-air missile from her studio directly to mine. So best use for Spyro Dragon Powers to take you out, Ranma. No worries about that. (sighs) I am kind of (laughs) worried. So we're going to go around the room, uh, the studios here. How was your week? How was your day? Kicking it off is Mako. Um, BronyCon. Yeah, that, that's basically been my week. Mm. Um, it has taken over everything, but it was really, really fun. That's good. And other than that, I've been trying to recover. Um, I did not get Con Plague. But, yeah, yeah, that was really nice. Um, But, yeah, I'm just, I'm still trying to catch up. Just because I'm old and I like my sleep. (laughs) I'm getting too old for this shit. You're never too old for this shit. Yeah, I like my sleep. You guys did cosplay a lot, and that takes a lot of energy out of anybody. I mean, it was kind of casual for the most part. Yeah, 
but you did go to the formal, and there were, like, wearing a wig all day. True. I mean, that's kind of hard. Yeah, by the second day, I ended up with a headache, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Ugh. I'm putting ears on. That That's good enough. Sounds like a plan. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? How you been? Well, I'm recovered from Otakon. If those of you who follow my social media, you'll notice that my, last week I was voiceless. A sea witch had stolen my voice away and had not given it back to me. I had to play volleyball with a shell. There was some sea foam involved. It was just a messy affair. Now I have my voice back in full force and um, pretty much been sing along, preparing for my next show, and that's kind of been my focus for okay. this week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, my weekend day has been similar to Mako-chan's, because we both went to BronyCon. Other than that, it's work, packing stuff, and I went with a friend to see Hobbs and Shaw last week, and that movie was fucking outlandish as fuck, and I, it was worth every single penny. So... I thought it was really good, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you're just looking for a an over-the-top comedy action film, go see Hobbs and Shaw. You won't be disappointed. Basically, they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is how we're going to roll. So that's basically is it. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, there's my other flash. I'm at work, and I'm like... I have two flash drives in my pocket. I'm like, where's the third? I'm like, well, it's probably on my desk at home. And lo and behold, there it is. Right next to some of the swag I got from BronyCon. I don't want to look at my uh, my checking account, but I know exactly how much I spent. <laughs> well, it was the last year, and there were a lot of my vendor friends that actually sold out, and then BronyCon opened up tables, so other vendors came in and sold out, and they opened up more tables, so like... Otaku were spending... Bronies were spending this weekend. Uh, you have out. no idea. $1,500 <laughs> plushies sold out. Yeah. I saw a 12-foot-long Discord body pillow walking past me. I want it. I'm not surprised by that at all. <sighs> oh, man. All right. We're really jumping the gun here. So what we're going to do now, we're going we're gonna to kind of roll it back a little bit. And talk about our weekly nerd swag. Basically, each week we find something nerdy that we're going to share with y'all. So, and if you hear faint sounds of kids screaming, that's coming from my end because down here in this studio, it gets kind of hot. So, I have my window open, the door open, and the front window here where the air conditioner is. So, Sound travels. So I, I did... was slightly alarmed by that description, Ranma, because you were like, if you hear kids screaming, it's perfectly fine. I just have windows and doors open. But that story could have gone a very different way. <laughs> I'm at the point where I give zero fucks any direction that story <laughs> went. Because if you've been follow, if you've been listening to our show for, for the last, I don't know, five years, you know that the upstairs neighbors have about four kids. About. Not quite four kids. It might be like four and three quarter kids. Just like one's got an arm lopped off. It's fine. I mean, depending on how it sounds, you can't tell if it's more or less. Mm. But, you know, even next door, it's like you could hear them, but it's like, how is it possible you could hear them? The doors and windows are closed, but 
Whatever. And as Ranger Serena says in our chat room, they got a herd. Sister, you don't know the half of it. Saturdays, it's it's like it's like a wild stampede out here. Saturdays suck. Mm. It's just just running back and forth, back and forth, back and. Theo X seventy five says, "Kids get loud. Tell them to keep it down. If they give you lip, beat them." First things first. These are not my kids. Unless I know who they are and I have explicit permission, I ain't whooping nobody's kids. I'm not looking to get sued, guys. It's not even that. I ain't getting gray hairs and stressing over somebody else's kids. If they get loud, all I got to do is just close my windows, close my doors, turn on the AC, and I'm good. That's it. I am good. (laughs) All right, so... We're going to get back to the Weekly Nerd swag. And as you can see, I believe Mako-chan has hers off. And if you're not careful, that green glow will bore a hole right through your, your eye sockets to the back I, of your skull. I, I lessened the intensity of the glow, I so calm down. I couldn't tell. Yeah, it's a, the lowest intensity. Ooh. I can raise it and really, like, kill like your it. eyes. Make it brighter. <laughs> It reminds me of um, Eric's um, irradiated uranium glass, like the color, because mm. it's just that really bright kind of uranium green. Well, it changes colors. Oh, cool! Oh, see um, now, like yeah, the, it, other mm-hmm. one, the red is like homunculus. Yeah, so I mean, it can <laughs> go through all of the colors too. Like it. Uh, but as you can see from the video, I had it set to green to, like, get all of the coloring right. Um, so all of the other colors are kind of blown out. You should contact the guy, see if he, if he'll make an outer sensi one. I can see. Um, but yeah, so this is one of the, uh, pieces that I picked up this weekend at Brony. Um, I had been going past this booth since Friday, and I said, you know what, depending on how things go, I'm going to pick this up on Sunday before I leave, depending on how things go. So I really didn't do a lot of purchasing. I was, you know, trying to save for a Discord plushie, which I wasn't really a fan of the ones that were there. Um, And then as a joke, I was kind of looking for Discord body pillow, but that didn't happen either. I got Uh, an interesting story about that. Mm. Uh, so this yeah. was my big purchase for the weekend. Well, I think it'll fit into your room when you guys get ready to um, move and everything. I think it'll be a beautiful little light. Thank you. Wonderful. And you were saying, Ranma? Before we continue, in our chat room at twitch.tv slash anime jam session, Gnr Brick one says, ooh, nice lamp. I was saying, I actually went to one of the uh, dealers that was selling um, body pillow uh, cases. I actually asked one if he had a Discord one. And he said, we had one, but Hasbro hit us with a C&D. Yeah, I've been hearing, unfortunately, <laughs> that a lot of sellers have been uh, being hit for this kind of stuff. So it may just have to be something that I go looking for a commission for. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they're not selling it directly on something, 
uh, being commissioned, they should be able to, you know, do it for me. Because Mm -hmm. they're basically, because it's not in that specific market, because Hasbro doesn't have a tag in that market per se. I mean, unfortunately, Hasbro's about as bad as Disney is when it comes to takedowns and C and D's. Yeah, it's just a, it's just their um, properties. They just probably feel, yeah, this is going in a direction it really shouldn't be. So no, but you know, I look at it this way. I'd say it's equal opportunity. If there are body pillows of the main six, Celestia, Luna, everybody, all the other female ponies, there should be ones for shiny armor, Spike. Discord, all the other male ponies. I say it's equal opportunity across the board. I was definitely seeing um, male pony uh, body pillows. But not as much as the female ones. No, no. But I just, I want Discord because I think it would be freaking hilarious. You should get a custom mode of Discord with Q's face. (laughs) Do one side of it as Discord and the other side of it as Discord with Q's face. Or Discord wearing a, a red a red uniform. <laughs> I have fan art of that. Oh, God. I actually have fan art of Discord in a uniform with all of the Next Generation crew as ponies. Okay, you might have to link me to that because now I am curious. <laughs> I will... Go searching for it now while somebody else plays. Okay, Ichigo, what's your weekly nerd swag? So my weekly nerd swag, um, I didn't get to wear it at Otakon last week, but um, I am into witchy fashion. And so I made myself a little strawberry witch hat to wear with a lot of Lolita swag and um, EGL and alternative fashion stuff for summertime. And of course, my namesake, Strawberries. And then also, um, when we were in Tokyo uh, earlier this year, we stopped by uh, a brand called Drug Honey mm-hmm. and got a hoodie of their mascot, uh, who is like a teddy bear who's part skeleton. So that was super fun and super comfy to wear. Um, but I do just have a question for, is it GR, uh, Jinar Brick One? Are you part moth? Because I think you might be. Mm. But yeah, that was my nerd swag for this week. Awesome. I was just checking the chat. Okay. Now, one thing about conventions, especially comic conventions, in the dealer's hall, vendor's hall, whatever you want to call it, you'll always find some something interesting, something retro, like old school stuff that you haven't seen in years. Now, one thing about BronyCon, there was one table that had a lot of anime stuff, especially Sailor Moon. So I'm walking through... And I came across a bag of Sailor Moon chibi figures. Jupiter. See what else I got here. Venus. Let's see. I bought a bunch. Uranus and Neptune. See what else we got here. Uh, Mars and Chibi Moon. 
And for some reason, I actually forgot who I'm giving the Chibi Moon to. Um, and Molly. I know exactly who I'm giving that to. So, And I realized as I grabbed the bag that the Jupiter is for Mako, and I totally forgot to give it to her before we went our separate ways. But, you know, I will give it to her when we hang out this weekend. And at one of the tables, I got some more swag. Um, I got some Sailor Moon, uh, a, a Mars pin and pendant, which is right here. Uh, let's see what else I got. Uh, yes, Damien, we heard you. Yes, he just wanted to let you know that he got all the figures you didn't. Yeah, they had a Mercury, but I wasn't looking to get one. I'm sorry. This really awesome Eevee pin. And these ceramic, uh, no, these acrylic keychains. Rarity and Twilight Sparkle. I apologize for moving everything around, so I'm just trying to make sure you can see it because so that the light doesn't reflect too badly. And in her $5 bin, May. Hmm. So totally precious. This is dedicated to all my May cosplayers out there. Y'all are Bay. Oh, oh man. All right. Yeah, and that's basically all the stuff that we got. So now that we got that out of the way, um, we're going to go ahead and discuss conventions. Uh, Ichigo, give us a summary of Otakon 2019. Okay, well, Otakon 2019 was Otakon's official 26th year, but mm. 25th anniversary, if you don't count the first year as part of that number. Um, but yeah, so it's the 25th anniversary of the convention. There were a lot of voice actors, actresses, um cosplayers and and things like that i actually bumped into corgi cosplay and got to say hello to her new pupper dog so sweet um, Precious. and i had a new department this year which was actually really really fulfilling in a different way for those of you who haven't been really keeping up with social media or anything like that i used to run um and started their maid cafe eight years ago mm. and this year i got burnt out so I took the year off and decided that I would go and be a mod consultant for the Otakon photo suite, which is surprising because people still don't know we have a photo suite, even though it is in the very front of the building. That's because um, the thing is, that's because more people are so are so focused on their photographers, they forget that a lot of conventions have a photo suite. And yeah, and nine times out of ten, going to a photo suite, you'll probably get better quality photos. Just saying. Well, yeah, because with our convention, unfortunately, photographers who are coming in from outside can't have light setups or things like that on the carpets, uh, similar to what Katsukon has. Of If it touches the floor, it's not allowed to, basically. No tripods, no light stands, no backdrops, nothing like that. Whereas in PhotoSuite, I got to la-di-da and get some of my own photo takens with, um, photos taken, rather, with a lot of our own backdrops and a lot of our photographers. I'm hoping to get those pictures. I'm hoping to find them. They're lost in my luggage right now, but I got to do a kind of like fun little pin-up-y, bubbly, uchuke shoot. And then I also did a shoot with my um, 
like crazy cat lady coordinate, which mm-hmm. is what I call it because it's just got cats all over it. But yeah, I'll get those photos up hopefully soon. Um, it's a great little area. And this year, like I said, I was a model consultant. So what I basically got to do was go over to cosplayers and introduce myself and say, hi, we're trying something new this year. Just wanted you to know if you need help or you're feeling like you can't break out of your own head or you just need someone to talk to you to get you in photography and the interactive and the character mood, we're here to help you. Um, so that was really, really well received and there was really no like cosplayers that felt offended or anything mm-hmm. by us approaching this. And it was because we had a whole team. Um, for me, Staffing is always my main focus. However, I did help my friend Jez Roth with Project Cosplay, um, which was on Friday and Saturday uh, afternoon. On Friday, I took my little one-hour programming that I did, and I went over to one of our workshops, and we had three teams of four, I want to say, to... um, basically participate in this competition where Joann's had sponsored all these materials of fabrics and puff paints and all these other cool things. Um, And we also had sewing machines and stuff like that for them. Um, And they had to build this costume, like the main parts of the costume in an hour. Mm. So after that hour was done, um, they were going to show on the main stage of the masquerade the next day. So they got the overnight to kind of work on it um, and kind of develop their character. And this year, the theme for that particular panel was Maho Shoujo, or like magical girl, magical boy, and magical non-gendered. So it was kind of cool to see the development and be like Iron Chef and like bite the bell pepper, you know, yeah. throw it off stage. I like cuisine! <laughs> but yeah, so it was kind of fun. Um, it looks like Ranger Serena uh, actually came into the photo suite. If you saw someone running around uh, in purple or pink, that was probably me. Um, I, I hope that if you did come in, you said hello. But if you didn't, that's okay. I had a few friends that were actually a little too shy um, to come up to me and say hello. But I promise I won't bite. Um, I'm actually a big hugger. So, uh, yeah, I basically did that on Friday afternoon. And then uh, Friday evening... Um, basically just tried to get food because I have food intolerances and it is very hard to feed yourself when you're trying to do that. But thankfully, um, I think I ended up getting Nando's or Uh something. I don't know. Ended up eating and then I made some new friends and that's the fun part of conventions is that you all get together. Similar interests, you make new friends. I got to meet the people who run Tokyo Attack and they're very fun. Um, very interesting people. And uh, I got to make new friends with photographers. And uh, then on Saturday, we went and did, I I worked again most of the day and then ran over to the masquerade, which at first I was not anticipating being on Mm -hmm. stage because I just get nervous. I have performed, I have participated in masquerades and challenges and things like that, but even I, as an experienced cosplayer, still get stage fright, get really shy when it comes to being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And so I went on stage. We were I was nervous. And me and um, I was actually with my friend, Dizzy Lizzie. She was helping me to judge. Um, and all the performers, all the all the models did a great job. All the teams did an amazing job for having like a night and an hour with a sewing machine. Um, and. They all performed really great on stage. It was literally down to the wire. 
Like me and Lindsay had to have like a Vulcan mind melding moment because we just couldn't decide. It was just too, too hard. Um, so we ended up choosing a team and they ended up getting, uh, a, a badge to come to next year's Otakon mm-hmm. convention. So, uh, or like membership, basically they get the membership for next year. Um, the three types of outfits they had was one was kind of a poofy, almost uh, Steven Universe meets like OG style kind of magical, fluffy mint pants and a teal like off the shoulder top. Then there was a look that was almost like a Lotus Samurai, which was actually my first favorite. But the performance for the last team, which was kind of they called her Scarce, I think. Yeah. And she had this trim that was made out of duct tape that had been expertly folded, and it was like a Grecian robe-type dress, but then she threw Starburst into the crowd, and she had a magical wand, and she just flourished it so expertly, as one does, um, and ended up winning. So that was pretty much most of my weekend. The rest of my weekend was just kind of helping my friend that I made a dress for into their dress. And putting on their makeup, which I was so excited for, but I don't think we got many photos at all. Uh, and then coming back and forth to home because I ended up staying an extra day. And yeah, just to relax. Because when you're staff, there's a lot of work you do that goes on behind the scenes. But overall, I think the show did really great. Attendance was actually up by at least 3,000. So I That's think that good. was a... Three, I think three to five, because I think last year was like 22 to 23, and this year it was closer to 28,000. Um, so I think people are getting warming up to the convention center, getting used to the area, and being a little bit more comfortable in the area and everything like that. Um, and I guess con tip for next year that I will carry over from this year is 10 out of 10, that Safeway saved my butt. It's always cool when you have a grocery store or a farmer's market or something convenient and close to your convention center because especially for people like me that are dairy and gluten reduced diet uh it was super helpful to be able to pick up a salad at midnight and shove it in my face hole well that's good any like any specialty moments from the convention oh specialty moments oh i guess at the masquerade somebody yelled out at me that they thought i was really cute and that helped me with my stage fright well that's because you are freaking cute and it was really funny because there was a picture taken of me and dizzy lizzie and we are pretty much standing the same exact way we get confused for each other a little bit so we were actually thinking of messing with people and actually making a similar cosplay or doing our makeup the same way and like Twinning it up really hardcore. So, uh, like, uh, you might see that in the next few years. I don't know. Because, <laughs> Ichigo, let's be real here. You could come out dressed as the meanest, baddest, evilest, Lolita villainous ever. And everyone look at you and go, oh, how cute. <laughs> and they would say that. And, and they would say it till you hold your hand up, charge up your fist, and just f- throw your power, your energy at them. Um... Uh, so, Jar Brick One asked, "Did I like Otakon better in DC or Baltimore?" Personally, I prefer it in DC, and a lot of that is because it's not as hard to get around. It's um, the infrastructure is overall better and more advanced. Uh, there's more signage, the space is bigger, and it is more capable for people to step aside and out of the way. There's also breathing room. 
Um, even for the photos, like the photo shoot and photo availability, like the fountains, I know Ron, you and, and, and Mako got to see the fountains again, even though the outdoor fountains were taken out, um, in the inner harbor. Um, but I just, I never had a draw to the fountains. It always kind of was cringeworthy to me when people would go in the fountains to take pictures because there was some kind of nefarious stories about the fountains. I remember and, one year somebody threw laundry detergent into the outdoor, out exterior fountains. There, I, there's that, a, I have a picture of it somewhere. I was going to say, but that happens if there's a fountain in a public area anywhere. At my college, I went to Radford, by the way, guys, if you want to head down to that area of college, whatever, it's great. Um, but we had a fountain outside and people would suds it every other week. So mm. like that to me, not a surprise. Uh, I mean, to me, actually, that helps deter some of the nefarious stories that I heard about about me. So mm. considering all of that, um, overall, I'd, I'd have to say I prefer it in D.C. I don't mind Baltimore. It will always have a special place in my heart. It was basically my backyard for the many years that I sat while we were in Baltimore. But at the same time, D.C. is a little bit more convenient for me, too, even though... Uh, public transportation in both places was really lacking, um, and parking is a little bit of a, a sore thumb in D.C. It was a little bit better in Baltimore, but at the same time, I don't know. It, it I like D.C. a little bit more, and that might just be because there's more food options. Um, it's not so much of a food desert uh, as Baltimore can be as well as uh, just the general area is a little nicer because it's a walk to more museums, more places for pictures and things like that. But definitely in the chat, um, if you haven't raised your voice about your opinion about what you prefer for Otakon and in the future, let us know. And I will definitely be checking those comments out. All right. And to touch on that, um, I'm also an Otakon veteran. I did like, what, almost eight years when it was in uh, Baltimore and I did two years of it in D.C. I stopped going the last couple of years when I was in Baltimore to kind of rest and recharge and prep for D.C. Now, I would, I have to agree with Ranger Serena for Baltimore Convention Center for the layout of the uh, layout for Otakon. I like that a lot more because the traffic isn't as bad and it really only bottlenecks when you're going into, into rooms. Whereas at the the new convention center is a lot more bottlenecking trying to go up and down the stairs, elevators, and so forth. It's just a lot more where it really shouldn't be. I just think it's just the layout of the convention center itself, and that, in a nutshell, cannot be helped. Yeah, well, Baltimore also did have its chokehold points and things like yeah. that, like the Sky Bridge and areas where there had to be security checkpoints yeah. because there was such a lack of coverage for certain areas and they had to make sure the people who were coming into the convention center had their badges and stuff right um and the fact that the convention center was two buildings but it felt much more lengthy to mm -hmm. me in baltimore whereas in dc it's it seems to me much more quickly to get from point a to point b but i know part of that is because i know the area a little bit better and i think once people get more used to the location and a little bit more used to like how to handle themselves because there definitely were issues where cosplayers and people who wanted to take their photo would literally stop step in front of me and 
not even leave space for one person to go behind them. I think a lot of that is just adjustment and getting used to a new space. Yeah. Because once people like realize other people are trying to get around them, they're usually pretty cognizant, but I think a lot of it is just a new area. De- definitely. And, you know, and I understand why some people are saying it's kind of dangerous because of DC, but honestly, everything you need is basically right there. I mean, you walk four blocks down to the Walmart, that's like... You're hitting the neutral zone right there, and you should stay, go there, and then that's it, you know? Plus, you're walking with friends, so it's not so bad. And if you properly plan out right and get everything you need on Wednesday or Thursday, you probably won't have to go make a Walmart or a CVS run at all, you know? And I do I do want to speak to this, though, because people yeah. thinking that D.C. is more dangerous than Baltimore the convention center in Baltimore is right up the street from the police station and the red light district, which, oh, by the way, if you've seen the news about the Baltimore Police Department, it is unfortunate. So if you think that it is safer than D.C., you better look again. But also, I've been followed in daylight in both locations and almost kidnapped off the streets of Baltimore. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to, like, being street savvy and smart is not limited to just one city location. Jesus it is being Christ. self-aware. It is being, I mean, I wear alternative fashion wherever I go. I am definitely, a, like, I stick out. Like, it just, that's just how I live my life because I want to express myself artistically and I am going to do it that way because I've been a people pleaser for most of my life. So I'm just going to do what I want now because I'm an adult. But legitimately i've been followed into grocery stores in dc i've been almost enough off the streets of baltimore i've walked around in dc at 4 a.m in the morning to go to a restaurant and a bar with my friends so like it's not that it's not safe it is that you need to be street smart Mm -hmm. and if you see something say something and if you don't feel comfortable walking alone walk with your friends make sure you have a safety net and if your friends expect you and you don't show up make sure to have an emergency contact like just be smart. And also, if you're walking around in cosplay, it is a good idea to sew a switchblade into your costume. Now, if you don't know what size knife or switchblade that is good to carry Why around, you're talk to get someone arrested. I'm just saying, if you, if I'm, just, I'm just saying it's for self-defense. If you don't know what size or what type of switchblade or knife that you need, talk to Mako Chan. She's our residential knife expert. Depends on if you want to be legal or not. There you go. (laughs) And also, like, I get that, like, in Baltimore, there were some laws that are a little more lax as far as prop weaponry and stuff goes. Because D.C. is unfortunately so close to an area right now that many of us do not like to frequent um, because there's a giant orange cheetah puff living there. Um... Unfortunately, they have something called the profile law, which means if it looks like a gun and it, it. Oh, I know. It, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one time, I think the first year I cosplayed at Barrett at Katsukon, I was told of the silhouette law, so I did not leave the hotel dressed as Barrett. So. Yeah, and I was surprised because we actually didn't get stopped by the cops when I was cosplaying. Oh, psychopath! So yeah. for those of you who are wondering if I cosplayed at all this uh, at Otakon weekend, I was Yayoi from Psychopath. And, um, and we had our uh, in, in, uh, dominators with us. 
Um, I think that they didn't look like guns enough that we got away with it, but we definitely had some cops walking by, like, staring at us roll intently. And uh, Gina on Brick One says she hasn't been to Otakon since Baltimore, so she was curious. So let, let me tell you this. I would say look up uh, Otakon 2017, 2018, 2019 uh, cosplay photos. The whole cosplay photos. Because they're all over the place. If you're also local to the D.C. area, and if you can, take a trip up to the convention center. See if you can walk in and look around. Give yourself like a good idea of the layout. Because honestly, well, we also do we also do single day badges now. Like we also good. do single day memberships mm -hmm. now. So if you don't want to come for the whole weekend, you can come and get a Saturday yep, badge or too. a Sunday badge. And, and a lot of times, most convention centers are open during the week because there's always something going on. And if you walk in, most of the time, security guards aren't going to say a damn thing. So you know. Well, and with Otakon, uh, I don't see that happening because when we have bag, bag check now, and we also had an incident yeah. two or three years ago where a guy came in and basically trolled people and went on YouTube being a giant asshole. Super wow. great. Wow, that, that actually flew under my radar. But yeah, a guy came in and tried to get past security and Lord. then like got butt hurt because staffers were like, uh, where's your badge, dude? Where's your badge? And was trying to basically ruin it for other congoers. So don't be in that guy. Because mm -hmm. that guy's an asshole and gets banned from convention. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I guess that was our Otakon convention report in a nutshell. And Ichigo will be there next year. Will I be there yeah. next year? Maybe. We'll see. The thing is, there are a lot of other conventions that are around that time of the year, and I want to check them out so much. But you can do oh so many cons with oh so much money and oh so much vacation time from work. All right. I mean, thankfully, a lot of the, the, the ceiling is starting to get hit, so a lot of the shows that aren't going to last are starting to die off. I'm but there are still a lot of shows out there that are small or big, and they're just, they mm -hmm. do not have time between them. I'm hearing rumors that AUSA is going to fold. I would say it is up against Nekocon Anim was it Anime Next? No. Uh, Nekocon and, and a Yomacon. few other big shows Nekocon, Yomacon and AWA. Yeah, and Yomacon's got the ICS uh, International Cosplay Summit or something yeah. going on, so I can definitely see a lot of the well, cosplayers being uh, on there. Let me say this. You have big conventions over Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. I don't see them having an issue. I don't think AUSA is going to have a problem. I think AUSA may have their numbers drop. Uh, Necocom may see their numbers drop. Um, a A AWA may see their numbers drop too because I've been following the, the group and some of you are complaining that when the con happens, it's around the time where retail places have blackout dates because of Black Black Friday and the holiday sales. And it's like, it is what it is. If you can't go, somebody else will be able to. So, you know. And as Gina R. Brick One says, I miss AUSA in Crystal City. I haven't been to AUSA in about 10 years, and friends have been trying to get me to go. So, next year. We'll see. Next year. All right. Now that we talked about that, let's talk BronyCon. The... Final BronyCon, and for those of you who were around for our pre-show, we played uh, at the convention, a Canterlot Gardens parody, and listening to that song tonight, so much of the parody of lyrics hit so close to home. So close to home. Mm -hmm. Now, 
TheoX75 says, so why BronyCon is over? Well, number one, the attendance numbers started to drop drastically. Number two, uh, a lack of staff. And that's something that's with most conventions. You A lot of conventions can't keep the same amount of staffers because of XYZ reasons. So they figure they cut their losses and just roll with it. Now, there are other pony-themed conventions out there. BabsCon, for one. Everfree Northwest is another. I mean, in the dealer's hall, you had C-PonyCon, a MLP PonyCon in the Philippines. You had a people representing a MLP con from the Ukraine, one from Russia. I mean, it's out there. Those other conventions will most likely still be going, but because it's BronyCon and they took the monkey or Brony and ran with it, I would think that a lot of people expected a lot out of it and maybe couldn't do XYZ things. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. Speaking to that staff effect as well is that BronyCon took over the Baltimore Convention Center initially, I think, to kind of fill the space that Mm -hmm. Otakon had. Mm -hmm. And Otakon was something that drew 30,000 plus people every year to the point of like fire. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Before we get to that, Otakon, my first Otakon was 2002. And that was about Mm -hmm. seven, about 7,000 people, give or take. And that's when they only had half the convention center. Now, I will say this. They could have more or less easily have fit. I mean, because of the attendance numbers, it was no problems for them to fit BronyCon into BCC. But before no, there was that, no problem fitting BronyCon in there. No, but no, the no. problem is that BronyCon had to basically fight as the show taking over mm. those shoes, one. And two, because it was a niche market, It that is why I think that there was such a downfall in numbers. Um, but also, wasn't the season ending... The series is coming to an end. Yeah. But, um, so they figured, why not? But there are going to be other conventions that are going to be doing that as well. Now, the con was over four days. And, hold on, I'm going to grab something real quick. Got it. That was quick. Now, I would have expected that over four days... There would be a lot of panels, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the sheer number of panels that was going on. I've honestly felt they could have fit everything into three days. But having it spread out was also a good thing because that gives you more time to hang out and meet people. That That's definitely a plus side of it. Now, they have some interesting panels here that I like to see at a regular convention. Case as the Appaloosa Hold'em Poker Tournament. I could see Otakon having a World Series of Poker Tournament. I could see it. Uh, Let's see. Interactive fanfic reading panel. Not a lot of conventions do that, so that's pretty cool. No, and from what I heard about that one, it was pretty funny. Mm. Another thing, Brony Palooza. Basically, Brony Palooza is three nights of concerts. Not raves, not dance parties, concerts. From late at night going into 2 a.m., 
three to four or five hours of awesome bands doing MLP-themed songs. I kind of miss that. And the aspect of when I started going to conventions, Saturday night was the dance party. It wasn't called the rave. It was called the dance party. And then some cons actually had the Friday night concerts. But now what's going on is the Friday night concerts run from like 7 to 10, and then they scramble the prep for the dance party from like 11 to 3 and stuff like that. Kind of slow it down a little bit. That's basically, you know, a couple of things about that. Now, what was great was they had a generic um, arcade, the Baltimore Arcade. I would have liked to have seen more um, arcade beat rhythm games, but Winners can't be choosers. It was some cool stuff, you know. Uh, Nemesis47 says that NDK has had poker tournaments events in the past. Well, that's cool. Washio Otaku says DragonCon is doing a Legionnaire roulette. Okay, that's cool. Now, let me tell you. When I got there and walked through the convention center, it took me back. Because we stayed at the Baltimore Hilton... And we, when we crossed through, I was playing at the Mako-chan, the, the big open space when you walk out off the Sky Bridge. That was Otakon registration. It was a it was a bit of a mind fuck to see that it's just an empty chill-out spot. There were people ha- with their boom boxes dancing. There were people grabbing food to eat. There were some people in the corners drawing. Some people were li- listening to music, playing with their computers, and charging their devices. And behind the behind the area where the restrooms and the vending machines were, you had people set up with their laptops and projectors and throwing stuff up on on the walls. I thought that was really cool, you know? Yes, Gene Harbrick one. There was a lot of smash going on. Yep, there really was. But there was um, Rock Band, and almost every time me and Mako walked in there, somebody, they were doing Bad Apple. and And she's like, there are other songs. Which yeah, it, the same song over and over and over. But the mm. thing is, from what I was seeing, nobody was getting up out of the chairs. It was yep. the same people doing the same song mm-hmm. over and over and over. No, Theo, there was no, there were no, there was very little con funk. Seriously. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with how little con funk I had to go through there was only i believe two uh two times during the entire weekend that i actually got close enough to somebody and went whew mm-hmm. now another thing I, I i now another thing was when you got downstairs to the convention center you had the registration autographs and the vendors hall, all right there, which was kind of great and it was kind of convenient. And you had the main hall as well. Her, her. But um, for the most part, everybody was just chilling out and just having a good time, and that's what I really liked. Now, if you're probably wondering, was there any non-pony cosplay going on there? Yes, there was. It wasn't a lot, but there were regular. There was regular cosplay. You had people cosplaying from Overwatch, Sword Art Online, Ribby. But, you know, everybody was just really chill with it. A lot of furries running around. It was pretty cool. Um, one of my favorite things was uh, my friend RJ Power, who's in the chat room here. 
he posted a picture, you know, uh, it was a couple of a couple of furries holding signs that says, you know, ponies is over, upgrade to furry and stuff like that. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I think my favorite cosplay from the entire weekend uh, was the person that did the Discordette. Oh, yeah. That was really cute. That that was, you know, definitely bringing the mainstream into mm -hmm. ponies, which was amusing. I would love to see her come to ZenkaiCon with that when we do our, our when we do our Mushroom Kingdom High stuff. That would be mm. kind of cool. Now, my personal favorite was Pinkie Pie as a Klingon. That was awesome. I absolutely loved that. And I think she got best in show or something like that. I, I, if not best in show, she got a, a, an award for that cosplay. That was great. Arnie, thanks. Just message me that later. Actually, I'm going to put that picture on, um, on Instagram later. So when you see it, just let me know and I will tag her. That would be awesome. Um, watching like the cost now with most conventions, you have the masquerade where you have people walking on and doing skits and stuff. This was totally different. This was basically hall cosplay. You get to walk up on stage and show off your cosplays. And then they had those who were actually doing craftsmanship judging walk up on stage as well. And I will say there was what the MLP is there is so much originality when it comes to the fan art and designing how that main six and the other ponies would look as humans their outfits their styles and that is really cool and I saw so much you know and I really I really enjoyed it I will say the MLP cosplay community and cosplay fandoms it's like you get so much imagination and so much creativity, and it's like once you and then it's like you you hit that and you go to Dragon Con and you like you see a fuck ton more originality and so forth, you know. That, I mean, fuck, there are people cosplaying as a friggin' Marriott carpet. I'm just saying. Now, to jump back, this is something that kind of got on. This is something that ner unnerved me. Now, me and Mako, we went to the the Grand Galloping Gala. If you if you're new to the show, my thing is going to formals. I absolutely love it. It was three and a half hours. Normally, after two hours, it starts to wind down. I didn't think much about why it was three and a half hours, but as things were going. At the same time, there was a series of acts going on during the Grand Galloping Gala. I'd say there was about five, maybe six. Now, this is something new to me. I never knew that actual formals have little acts going on during it. I think it's cool. But not when you overdo it. To be perfectly honest, there was in the three and a half hours, I would say three hours because nothing started till about 7.30. There was more of the acts, the performances, than there was dancing. 
Now, I found out that this is something that's been going on at BronyCon for the last five years. And it's a big thing. And I get that. But this is something that's new to me. I came to dance. Now, as much as I hated the fact that there was so many acts going on within the show, I can tell you this. The people that were up on that stage doing that skit, these skits, they literally worked their asses off. You could see how much passion and love and emotion that was going through that. And I will say this. If the ending to MLP does not give me those same feels that I saw at this at at, at the Grand Galvin Gala, I promise you, I'm driving up to New Hampshire to Hasbro with a chair and I'm throwing it through their window. And as RJ Power says, dude, you should have came to 26 BronyCon. We had a lot of dancing. I wish I did, but I think... Now, you got to understand, BronyCon is usually the weekend or two before or after Otakon. And I can't do both. So... It is what it is. Now, this is my second BronyCon in the last six or seven years. I was at the last BronyCon when it was out here in Jersey. And both times I met one of my favorite voice actresses, Kathy Wesselock. Now, you know her as Spike and Mayor Mayor. What some of y'all don't know is she's also the voice of Shampoo and Ranma One Half and Kagome's mother and Inuyasha. So I got her I got her autographs. That made it awesome. But overall the number one reason why I would go back to BronyCon if they were having it next year is the feels. This was nothing but positive and good feels I got from everybody. You have people of all ages just going around having a good time. I have never seen so many people happy being who they are, dressed who they are, being themselves. I have not seen or felt this type of positivity in about 15 years going to conventions. At least. So, I think... I, I definitely agree with that. I was uh, sitting, listening. They had a small section uh, for people to do. They were doing um, karaoke. Mm -hmm. They were doing lip syncing. Yep. Um, it was also the place where people are going to sit and eat and all of that. So, I was sitting there and these two grown-ass men in their late 50s, early 60s are sitting there talking about their lives, talking about their work, and then talking about My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that, you know, there are so many walks of life that actually enjoy the series and yes. enjoy the convention. Yes. Um, it kind of makes it sad that it's going away. It does. And as RJ Power says, basically this was the New Day version of conventions. Yes, Yes, it is. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And it looks like Gina Brickwood, she was at the con too. So who did you, if, if, did you cosplay? If you did, let us know. I read, I took about over a thousand photos. So we'll see, you know, that would be kind of cool. 
I did rem- I did record a bunch of guys singing like um, a cadence about MLP, and I had that recorded, so that was cool. There was a lot of Flufflepuff uh, plushies, and I told my friend Evan about it, and by the time I went back to see if I could grab one, gone. Basically, you know how they say Sunday is the best time to buy your swag? When it comes to this convention, Thursday, Friday is the best time to buy your stuff. Saturday morning tops. After that, either you order directly from from their webpage, their site, or their Etsy, or you're just S-O-L. Yeah, the amount of crap that actually was mm-hmm. sold out mm-hmm. by Friday was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of what drove sales in particular with this show was that it was kind of the last year and the mentality of like sentimental connection with it. Cause like you said, Ranma, the good feels. So because it was the last year and Again, like I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of vendor friends and a lot of vendors that I know of that were just selling out so much so that bronies, like the BronyCon, had to open up tables so that they could get other mm-hmm. vendors. Um, I know that there was one plushy saleswoman there who made a, um, a big plushy and somebody bought it right as they opened, literally yep. like ran to their table and they were like, well, can I just keep it at the table and like have it? to do commissions, like, to show people what I can do. And the person was like, yeah, I don't want it to get dirty. I'll come pick it up, like, later. So the person got commissions off of that. But, yeah, it was, from what I heard from vendor friends, it was a crazy weekend. Like, people beat MAGFest numbers on sales, which is saying Mm. something. I I believe that, because one thing about BronyCon, I will say, at least 85% of it is more like an artist alley. It's just a lot of homemade goods. The remaining 15% is commercial stuff like the Sailor Moon adventure figurines that I bought, you know, so. Mm -hmm. RJ Paris says, conventions can learn from BronyCon. I'd have to say, yeah, because let's be real. A lot of conventions nowadays are the end results of a bunch of other people who say, you know what? We can run a convention and do it better. And 50% of the time, they can't. And Mm -hmm. out of that 50%, half of those conventions will not make it past year three. And I've seen that happen. Yeah, I was excited. One of my favorite artists was Mm -hmm. actually in Artist Alley. Um, I ended up grabbing a couple of prints from her. Uh, But those that, I mean, if you follow My Little Pony, even if you don't follow My Little Pony, you've probably seen the Raptor Ponies. Mm. Um, she's also done the ponies in the style of, uh, the gargoyles, but she also does a lot of, uh, different series as the ponies as well. Um, but her name is Cherry Garcia mm-hmm. and she can be found on Redbubble and Etsy and all of that. And I freaking love her art. So it was really nice to actually see her and get some pictures that I've been meaning to get and uh, do a little bit of stalking. (laughs) (laughs) I actually went looking for the fan art that I bought and I can't find it, but I found something similar. So I'm going to have to share. 
Oh, I did find it. I did find it. I ended up getting a um, a poster that says uh, the Blues Ponies with Octavia and Vinyl Scratch. And that, that was pretty cool. I saw it the first time around, but Mako trying to point it out. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick it up. So, And it is currently sitting on my bar. Yeah. Remember, they're on a mission from Celestia. Yeah, <laughs> and they're getting drunk right now. Lord Jesus. Another fan art shows it's 160 miles of Canterlot. We got a full tank of cast. Hit it. Anywho, enough about that. As you can see, we all had a great time at the conventions that we've gone to. Um, Ichigo talked about some of the issues, which, for the most part, a lot of them will be resolved the following year with feedback. BronyCon, I just wish there was a little bit more content, but I get it. I'm not really mad. I like the fact that stuff was just so spread out. I got my steps in. Oh, and one thing that they did that more conventions should do, they had a room, a panel room, just for adult content from like 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 2 o'clock in the morning. All the adult panels and stuff was in that room only. I thought yeah, that was I, I definitely like that. I think more conventions should do something like that. Like, then make maybe around like 11 o'clock, you turn it into like, club con just for the adults to go dance and drink that way the the, the little babbies can have their, their raves or whatever you know that would be there cool. are a few conventions doing rooms like that that like um at otakon i know we have heroes which is the 21 plus like swing bar and yeah. like club hangout mm-hmm. i know didn't zenkai con have something similar no uh aac has something similar to that that's what it is i know that there was another con it was experimented with that and as bob coffee says something like brony cup felt like an old school con yes yes it did yes yeah it did yeah i think that's why i enjoyed it so mm-hmm. much is it definitely reminded me of um, some of the earlier conventions I went to, uh, that it was more based on going and having fun yep. because of your geekery than, you know, trying to one-up people that were there. Um, like the conventions yep. before being a geek became mainstream. Yep. So it was definitely nice to, you know, just sit and relax and not have a bunch of catty people, you know, mm-hmm. yelling over you and, I, you know, trying to act like they were better than anybody else. Because here's the thing. I think one of the things that eliminated that was the fact that there wasn't like a quote unquote masquerade. You had the fashion show and then you had a talent show that Sunday morning, which I didn't go. It was just separated, you know. And old school is a good thing. I think old school is like the base formula for a convention, and you work off of that. And another thing, GNR Brick One makes a point. A lot of body pillows, and I said this on my Facebook, the fact that there were so many body pillows there was kind of creepy. And people were saying to me, this is BronyCon, you should have expected that. To be perfectly honest, I really wasn't. You have to understand, most conventions, I go in with an empty mind regardless, and just... Let it hit me from there. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. One of the things that still etched in my head was someone drew Velma as a pony spread out, not on a pillow, but on, on as a fan art. I'm just like, um, okay. I think 
think also uh, harking back to what Mako said about uh, geekdom kind of being popular yeah. is that it's starting to become that trend where trends fall away a little bit. So what we're getting now, I think, is a lot less attendance. Well, because one, we've hit kind of the ceiling for the amount of conventions that can kind of occupy a space. Right. But also the fact that, like, yeah, geekdom's cool. Yay, geeks. Woo. But now it's like they're moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. And and while geekdom will kind of sit in the background as we kind of have, I feel like there's a lot more of an evolution to moving on to the next big trend or the next big fandom or thing. Mm -hmm. Um, While geekdom is pretty big. Um, it may be starting to hit that fall off point. True, true. So, and that's basically what we have to say about these conventions. And I hope that you enjoyed our reviews. And it's far and few that we are really like enthralled. We r- rave about conventions like this. I mean, we get close with Zen Kaikon because we've been going for almost ten years, and it's it's a great convention. But you know. I think this is the first con that me and Mako, we really were like, this this is it. This kind of set the stand, the quote-unquote standard for us, you know? But, you know. And now that we got that out the way, uh, we do have time for a little bit of news. So we're going to cover that real quick. Uh, Ichigo, what's going on with Galaxy Express 3.9? Does well, Ma- we're going to load up that article right now. Yeah, does Maytel have to choke a bitch? Uh, wait, where did it go? It's I had there. it open, but maybe I need to re... It's in your pocket. No, I know. It's in my pocket, but it is... Ah, this is what happened. Oh, yes. I had everything put up. Washio Taku makes a mention about the cosplayers on the body pills. Well, cons- yes, I remember that anime next. I was there. We broke that story, and it just went like wildfire. And some people got offended by us. One cosplayer got said that we were jumping the gun. It was horrible writing. Maybe she was one of them. She was mad she didn't get her cut. Fact of the matter remained, when it came to that story, we were more concerned about getting the word out. And in doing so, that person basically got blacklisted from a lot of cons. So our job here is done. Speaking of blacklisted, I wouldn't be surprised if an art auction that angered the creator of Galaxy Express 999 animation gets blacklisted itself. Oh, God. Um, so, Leiji Matsumoto is one of the creators of Galaxy Express 999's animation, which right. is a popular uh, Daft Punk kind of marriage with animation. If for those Basically, who are not it's... Aware. Galaxy is like 70 style anime. In other words, as Ichigo says, if you've seen a Daft Punk video, that's the animation style. So, an animation director that auctioned off the art of the Galaxy Express 999 has drawn ire from the series creator Leiji Matsumoto. The 69-year-old Tomonori Kogawa served as chief animation director in 1978 for the anime series and also worked on Farewell Space Battleship Yamato, Mm -hmm. Space Battleship Yamato Resurrection, and Star Blazers 2199 The Anime. Kogawa has auctioned off artwork of Maytel on Yahoo Auctions without permission from Matsumoto, causing a rift between the two men. An industry member told the Daily Shincho that there was is a fan club for the anime industry 
and they were active in the 1970s, and approximately 80 people belonged to that club. He heard that a number of fans in the club have so- shown disapproval of Kagawa's actions, and the fan- a fan told the Daily Shinsho that Kagawa has sold illustrations on Yahoo Auctions for about three years. So it seems like there's a little ire from that, um, but Kagawa's art sales weren't limited to Galaxy Express 999 characters. He's also sold drawings of characters from Aura Battle, Dunbine. I've heard of that. Kogawa was the character designer for the 1980s mecha series, and the art has sold for about 280 US dollars or 30,000 yen to 50,000 yen or 465 US dollars. To as much as 200,000 yen, which is $1,850, for a signed image of Mattel. Kogawa does not hold the copyright for either series, and Leija Matsumoto has stated that Kogawa has not been in touch with him to get permission to sell artwork based on his characters. Mm. The 81-year-old creator stated, of course, just because he drew the characters before doesn't mean he can draw them without permission. Which is actually true of even Disney animators nowadays, for those who are not aware or industry savvy. If an artist draws the art. It could be for a Marvel comic, it could be for Disney characters, it could be for an anime. Just because they're an illustrator doesn't give them any rights to replicate or resell any of those animation cells or artwork. Um, Basically, uh, actually, when you look at his illustrations, the style is completely different from mine, Matsumoto said. Kagawa confirmed that the artwork on Yahoo auctions was drawn by him. However, he stated he was selling the art as a service to fans who wanted to purchase it, and the price itself isn't important. I don't really want to do auctions, Kogawa said. However, fans want the illustrations, so I draw them as a service. He added, Matsumoto draws the manga version of Mattel, and I'm drawing the anime version of Mattel. The anime version has thinner lines and is simplified. What's wrong with drawing something that I designed? Since Kogawa's interview with the Daily Shinsho, all of his listings were pulled from Yahoo Auctions site, and the Daily Shincho spoke with a copyright lawyer who stated that even if the style is different, if buyers understand that the character is Mattel, it is copyright infringement. And again, mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, just because you're hired or contracted as a freelance illustrator, which is what most illustrators are for animation, it doesn't mean that you have any rights no matter how long you've worked on a series. Sometimes the owners of the series, the creators, the story writers will give you those rights if you kind of graduate on and they're like, okay, this is how you're making money. But 99% of the time, unless you have a very, very distinctive style, like how you draw Superman or Batman or Spider-Man, you're not going to have the rights to any of those images in perpetuity. So dropping some industry shit on you now. Ooh. Now. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Now that you've dropped industry information on us, it's time for you to throw your, you throw them up in the air, you know. No, not that, not that. What? Throw your horns up for, for Gretzko. Oh. Close enough, close enough, close enough. Marco, you want to take care of your fandom? Yeah, so it was announced um, that, uh, yeah, it was announced on Monday that they are in production on a third season of Agretzko. 
Uh, again, green lit for Netflix. Um, uh, director Rarko commented that he squeezed out everything he could into the first two seasons to the point that he insisted there is nothing left to hmm. say. But the fans won't say otherwise. Yeah, still, even though he acknowledged that he is not ready yet after hearing the third season news, he's eager to get going on it and ask fans to look forward to it. Um, so, Retsko has been going absolutely bonkers lately. Mm. Uh, she has a full-on mascot costume that is seen at a lot of uh, various conventions. I'm pretty damn sure she was at San Diego Comic-Con, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty damn sure she was uh, at... what else? Uh, I I know she was making because they just opened up the uh, Hello Kitty Cafe in Vegas. I know she made an appearance out there. Um, I'm pretty sure she was at Anime Expo. Mm -hmm. um, so Retsko is definitely one of the uh, more popular of the Sanrio characters at this point. Um, for those that aren't aware, uh, there are previous yep. uh, anime shorts. Uh, they're like five-minute little episode kind of things. There's about 90 of them, I think. Wow. Did you ever yeah, find them? Um, hmm? Did you ever find them? Um. I found them at one point and then lost them again. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to attempt to find them again. They have never been dubbed. Uh, they are only fan subs. And again, it's like five minute episodes based off of little comics that are out there here and there. Um, so... She's definitely becoming an extremely popular character. And that's probably because she's just so... Uh, like everybody else. Relatable. She's definitely yeah. relatable. Although I will say, season two left me all sorts of feels. Yeah. Like, no yeah. spoilers, but like, what was that? What was that ending? <laughs> yeah. Um. So is 25 years old uh, which is actually a lot older than most of the Sanrio characters mm -hmm. she has a job um, she works for herself she lives by herself she uh, you know does what she needs to do she has an overbearing parent <laughs> um, yeah and then uh, this also says that uh, premiering April 2016 within the Osama No Brunch TBS Saturday morning program, um, they did a, a bunch of one-minute episodes mm -hmm. weekly until March 2018. Um, so I might have gotten the timing incorrect on when those, uh, how long those episodes were. But they went weekly from April of 2016 to March of 2018. 
I'll say this. Those episodes are a hell of a lot better than those five-minute episodes of Tenshi Muyo. I like those five-minute episodes of Tenshi Muyo. Shut up. You can have that. And as Gina Brick One says, old-school fan sub, yuck, but worth it. Hey, you want to know something? That's one thing I miss about fa- about the fan subs. When you got your fan subs, they would actually translate the opening and ending theme, and they would have it all highlighted so you could sing along with it. If there was a song in the episode, they would do that too. You don't see that anymore. Oh, one more thing about BronyCon. These were all these were the key cards. This is pretty cool. Not a lot of conventions do this, but you know, some conventions will have like a, you know, a a themed key card. So this this was pretty cool. And now we move from key cards to Gunpla, Gundam model kits. So what has happened is that next year there's going to be another factory due to anticipated increased demand for Gundam figurines, Gundam build kits, and that's really awesome. So this is going to happen in fall of 2020. And the high demand is coming from fans outside of Japan. So that's even better. And this is going to happen, which coincides with the franchise's 40th anniversary, with a new anime and the planned live-action Gundam film coming out of Hollywood. Save your booze for later. So it's going to... I, I, I really, really hope that they start reproduction on some of the older series yes. stuff. And no by way. that I mean... I want my Gundam Wing shit back. I have a Death Scythe figurine in my closet I need to take out. But um, I had Gunpla of Death Scythe. I actually had two of them. I had Gunpla of Epion. I actually had three of those. They are, have all been destroyed because of the many moves that I've done. You should check Gundam Planet. You might be able to get repli- duplicates there. Yeah, so I, I really want my Death Scythe, and I really want my Epion, and for the life of me, I will eventually have the full-on metal Wing Zero. Oh, hey, hey Mako, I think you got a fa- you got a fan with you. Minako084 says, I need more Gundam Wing merch. Hell yes. Minako, I want you to know, I had went into my storage a few years back, and I found Gundam Wing shirts that I bought about 50, over 15 years ago, okay? I gave one to a friend, and I still have the others here in my house. So, and they still fit perfectly. I still, I will not get, I will not give away that Death Sky shirt for anything. And what's cool is, the person I bought it from was at BronyCon, because she runs Sci-Fi Continuum. So it was really nice to see her. Pro is day. so i think that's that's really cool so i'm all for it and i have to check out um i have to finish watching um the the gundam build animes i i started and i never finished and that is a new series uh called divers re-rise i do have to check out so i am kind of hyped about that i have to I so have to. So, what's really screwed up is I really love Gundam, but I really hate military. Mm. 
I really don't like military anime, and a lot of the Gundam is military-based, which sucks. Yeah, but the thing is about, even though, the way a lot of these Gundam animes are, it kind of gives you a feel it's not military, even though it is. I mean, like, look at Gundam Seed. Yeah, that was kind of bad. But, you know, I get that. But whereas Gundam Wing, yes, it was military, but it was more renegade style, you know. That that gave it a different feel to it, so. Well, it was also a bunch of teenagers that I was watching when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. That's why Gundam Wing was so popular. Yeah, people, and, 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 you know, what's interesting is, a lot of people will say Gundam Wing, Gundam Wing got a lot of girls into Gundam, which is true. But I will mm-hmm. say out of that whole percentage, at least 25% of those of those girls were into Gundam before Wing. So, And I've come across a few. Y'all go, girls. Y'all are awesome. I watched Gundam before Gundam Wing. I, at that point, did not understand what it was. Um, but I thought the mecha was pretty cool. Um, if the storyline was a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, boring for me. Um, but watching Gundam Wing, I'm like, oh, okay, this is an actual, you know, full legit, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. And I think that's why I love Gundam Wing as much as I do. That and Pretty Boys. Um... <laughs> Down, girl. What? it's horrible i know but you know it's bad when your anime crushes don't age with you you need i feel like military is a big part of those anime because it's an easy way for them to explain away like the massive cost that having like a gunpla or a giant mobile suit to defend your nation is a little easier than just like yeah, there's Bruce Wayne. He owns the giant robot down the street. Like, you can't... I mean, there's, like, mad millionaire versus, like, giant overtaking military, hmm. and one is a little more massive than the other as far as, like, finances are concerned. <laughs> okay. Now that we got that out of the way, it's time for the part of the show that y'all really tuned in for. Uh, meanwhile in Japan. So... I have to say this week is Mako-chan light, so and I'm very, very tame. yeah, well, I'm very appreciative. To be of that. honest, um, I could have really gone into some really horrible crap, but I like we to like at least tame. keep we it. Like tame. Yes, so well, I... no, I, I like to keep it upbeat when we're talking about this stupid stuff mm-hmm. because there's quite a bit of crap in Japan that is not so light and refreshing. In other words, come next week, grab onto your ass and ride the wave. I won't say that. I think I won't not say that either, though. Oh, I was going to say, I think the most fitting story for me is obviously going to be the third one. So y'all fight it out for the first one. I'm going to take the second one. Okie dokie. Too bad Ari's not here for the first one. Yeah, he's the one that actually put it up there. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. Alright, so... 
the winner of Magic the Gathering Grand Prix in Chiba 2019 is going to win a year's supply of Cup of Noodles. Mm. Uh, so Big Magic, the Japanese company organizing this year's Magic Fest in Chiba, uh, announced on Twitter that Nissan Food Co- uh, Production is providing a year's supply of cup of noodles, uh, 360 pieces, Ooh. as a winning prize for the Grand Prix. So, I'm guessing they're assuming one-ish per day? That sounds about right. Um, I have questions, though. Oh? Now... You're gonna get your year supply. Um, you're gonna get some money. Mm-hmm. Now your year supply. Are they gonna have these 360 cups of noodles for you to take home that same day, or Probably. are you gonna get a shipment? Because we've seen the ice cream done in shipments. Or are they gonna give you like a coupon for? you know, a free, like, a, just a pack of coupons for 360 free cups of noodle. I, I'd like to see them show up in a truck and just dump them all on the guy's front door. In Japan, that wouldn't be sustainable, though, unless they have, and, and especially if they have foreigners that are coming to do this comp- competition. Hmm. Probably coupons. And Gina Brick One says, at least they won't go hungry. That's for sure. But Theox75 says, Cup of Noodles, that stuff is whack. I mean, he's not wrong, but having one in a, on occasion is not, not going to kill you. I at least I hope not. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it completely. But, like, want to. No, like, do they expect the winner to take home 360 cups of noodle? And if you were traveling out of country, how? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can you imagine going up to, you know, trying to pack for a plane and going, uh, why do you need these extra three suitcases? And then you just open them up and it's nothing but cup of noodle. There are companies that can ship and do work with students and foreigners to adjust for shipments and stuff like that, but I feel like it would be much more lucrative for the company to offer coupons or to just send some from a local warehouse. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if some, if, a, if an American won it, I mean, there are, there are American uh, Nissan warehouses, so... They won't get the delicious Japanese flavors, though. True. True. That reminds me, I have to go restock on a couple of those. Uh, moving right along, um, as you know, um, World Cosplay Summit was just this past weekend or last week, within the last week or so. Um, I know one one of the people that competed will be representing the U.S. in 2020. I am hoping we can get her onto the show at a later date so we can hear about her awesome road to victory. But until then, we're going to talk about how at WCS, the Japanese go- governor and the mayor did some cosplaying and it caused a bit of a mishap. 
So for the record, WCS is held at the city of Nagoya in the Aichi Prefecture. You have teams from around the world competing for the title of Summit Champion. This year's theme was One Piece. Now, what was great was Governor Omura cosplayed as Rorona Zoro. And Mayor Kawamura cosplayed as Sanji. And that was kind of amazing. And it also went on to the news. And as the reporters were there covering this, they just started laughing and thought it was amazing, you know? But as the story goes, in many countries, announcers laughing at the news that the reporting isn't a big deal. But in fact, it might have been seen as a good thing to less, make it feel less robotic to viewers. But in Japan, news reporting is like totally serious, totally legit right across the bat. So I guess if the reporters are laughing while covering this, you know that they had to make them sit up and be like, what? But in response to this, there are some things that Japanese denizens who saw this go, this is what some of them had to say. I can't believe the governor went all the way, even biting the sword. It was kind of rude up for the announcers to laugh. I'm glad they apologized. She made it through Sanji, but anyone would laugh at seeing the cheerful Zoro. The announcers giggling at the news makes the news brighter. Of course, it should be expressed in a serious manner, but it's good to be reminded that they're human too. And something like this lately, yeah, the news lately has been pure and utter shit. But let's get, let, let's say that right off the bat. But something like this. Where the, where the reporters are laughing and giggling along with the cosplayers, the governor, and the mayor for a good time. I think that's just, that's just feel good. So give yourself a hug, you know? I wonder what's going to happen next year. Because it's been a thing for the, for, for the governor and the mayor to cosplay at WCS every year. And as Gina Brick says, with a popsicle instead of a cigarette. I see what you did there. Well played. Well played. And Washi Otaku says, it is already a better love story than Twilight. Well, yeah. Mako-chan, you ready? What? I'm done. I mean, itch you go, you ready? Well, I've already got my hair dyeing, but it looks like this article's not gonna hit quite right. Mm. Tokyo Public Schools will stop forcing students with non-black hair to dye it. So thankfully, actually, it looks like it was positive. I thought it was gonna be negative. So mm. never mind. Yay! Official promises. If those of you uh, who have been paying attention to articles we've covered in previous shows, uh, we covered an article where school officials were requiring students who didn't have black hair in some prefectural mm -hmm. areas to dye it black um, to fit in with school rules. However, they're going to stop in Tokyo, so yay, hip hip hooray! I can actually have natural hair colors, said some students, I'm sure. Um, Pledge comes in the wake of the 2.2 million yen lawsuit from a naturally haired schoolgirl in Osaka. The overwhelming majority of middle and high school students in Japan are required to wear uniforms, and so it's no surprise that the Japanese schools also tend to have lots of other rules governing students' personal appearances. And one of those that's been tracking controversy from 
many places in recent years, it is a requirement that some schools have that all students must have black hair. The ostensible reason for the rule is that almost all Japanese people have naturally black hair. Oh, that's a no, huge no. And so they'll only have non-black hair if they've chosen to dye it a different color. Such willful discretionary standing out from the norm is seen as a distraction and or a lack of earnestness according to orthodox Japanese values, and thus counterproductive of the collective student body's academic development. Basically, oh my gosh, shoulders! Oh, they're so sexy, they're gonna distract everyone! No, no, no. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. However, an incident in 2017 sparked which highlighted that a re the requirement for people to have black hair and forbidding them to diet isn't always one and the same. And in fact, can actually sometimes be complete opposite. Mm. You'll notice in the last paragraph of this article that they said almost all Japanese people have naturally black hair, and that's because some of them don't. While it's relatively rare, some Japanese people are born with hair that has a naturally brown tint to it. And such a girl was attending a high school in Osaka and was forced to dye her naturally brown hair black, resulting in damage to herself and prompting a 2.2 million yen lawsuit against the school. Which is not a surprise there. While the lawsuit is still ongoing, opponents of school policies requiring students to dye their natural hair in order to look more like that it isn't dyed to unaccustomed eyes can celebrate one victory, unfortunately. On July 30th, Hiroko Komazuki, is it Komazaki? Hmm. Excuse me for mispronunciation. You good. Heads of the Children and Family Advocacy NPO Florence presented a petition to the Tokyo Metropolitan Board of Education, which collected 19,065 signatures that asked school to. Oh, okay. So it was positive again. The way they're writing this article is a little bit confusing. It basically was a petition that non-black-haired students didn't have to dye their hair. And the board gave it word that the request would be met, which was good. Um, high school educational guidance section head Seichi Sato, no relation to the Kenshin character. <laughs> we will not direct students with natural non-black hair to dye their hair black. However, the board stopped short of complying with the petition's request that municipal high schools be required to mention it on their official websites that students with non-black hair will not be required to dye it, saying that the primary purpose of the website is for each institution to communicate what makes its school unique and special. Sounds All like the petitioners. A plan. Oh, go ahead. Was it, this, that sounds like a plan. Just all over the place. Um, well, it is, but I do like the fact that they don't have to dye their hair anymore. You know, yeah, gives them, gives I them back some originality. You know. Well, not just originality, but like it's their genetics. I'm sorry, my hair's brown. If I had to dye my hair black all the time just because my school said so, I'd be like, nope, changing school. Okay, thanks, bye. There you go. Um, yeah, well, petitioners are obviously upset with a school that required students to dye their hair. Uh, they don't place, uh, Komazaki didn't place the blame completely on educators. Um, saying that students are encouraged to have black hair to serve as a visible signal that they're willing to adapt to society. So educators may recommend it when thinking about their students' future employment prospects. 
companies and society must also change their way of thinking. You're done, aren't you? You're done. I can tell Murder. you are absolutely um, done. Red rub. While the petitioners are, oh, yeah, uh, while Sato's stance is a welcome step in the direction of greater tolerance, uh-huh, okay, it's worth keeping in mind that it's public schools that Tokyo Metropolitan Board of Education has administrative control over, and so the board's promises to prohibit educators from forcing students to dye their hair black may or may not carry much weight at the private institutions in Tokyo. Well, now. <sighs> I don't know if any of you guys have eyes, but I definitely do not have naturally colored hair. And if I was forced to dye it, especially for those who have allergies to chemical dyes. I will say this, as many times I've seen you, I've, I could have sworn half the time that your purple is like, a na is like natural, you know? I know it's I, not, but still. You know, I'm actually shampoo in disguise, so do I want you to see that today? Like, oh, please don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> like, okay. I just, I, mm, I don't like it when this is kind of reinforced because it takes away and it causes all the issues they have with mental health and all that other crap they have over there. And this is one reason, guys, you can love a country, you can love its culture, but there are things about Japan that I just do not like. And we'll just leave it at that because... <laughs> It, we have gone past the time, and it's time for us to pack it up and get up on out of here. So I would like to say to everybody who has joined us tonight, thank you so much. Thank you for watching us, and thank you for letting us tell you about the conventions that we, we've done in the last couple of weeks. So thank you. We appreciate it. And good night to you too, Minako084. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We are here to believe you. And don't forget, check out our website at animejamsession.com where we, we you will find our web our podcast, anime reviews, convention reports, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, our YouTube videos, and our massive collection of cosplay photography from various conventions in the last 10 to 15 years. All of that at AnimeJamSession.com Don't forget, you can take us on the go. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any program that you use for finding podcasts, just search Anime Jam Session and we will come up. And you can also leave reviews on there as well. Definitely check them out and drop reviews. We would really be appreciative of that. And like I said, we're on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash anime jam session for all of our convention videos. Twitter.com slash anime jam session for updates on when we're going live and other cool stuff. And facebook.com slash anime jam session so you know when we're going live, you can check out our cosplay photos and all the other cool stuff that I love to do. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. Um, I'm tired. Okay. Ichigo, last words. Well, I'm getting ready for Fairfax City Comic Con, so if you're going to be in Dallas, I'll see you at the end of the month. 
my last words, it's getting really hot in this studio. I can't even turn on the AC again. That is it. End of list. We're getting out of here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Ari will be back. Maybe Ichigo will join us. We'll see what's up. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Makachan. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Night. Bye. Say goodnight, Makachan. Goodnight, Makachan. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Goodnight, Ichigo. That is it. End of list. We're getting out of here. Um, nobody is streaming after us. So after this, we're we're out. Thank you. Good night. We out. Production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!